Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're on 94.9 Main FM and you're with Sarah Bignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie Research in Australia and we delve into the vast and fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch and cryptozoology from here and around the world. We go into all sorts of weird stuff on Yowie Central paranormal and UFO encounters too. So get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group if you have a story to share. This is a community radio show, which means you're all part of the Yowie Central and the Main FM community. You're all welcome to contact me if you've had a Yowie encounter or you've had freaky experiences in the bush with orbs, min-min lights, UFOs, bunyips or anything else kooky and spooky. This week, I have the honour of welcoming Cade Moyer to the show. Now, if you haven't heard of him, he is a very talented man. He's the creator, producer and presenter of Believe Podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you need to. It's an absolutely fascinating show and goes into Yowie encounters, UFO encounters and ghostly experiences as well. Here's part one. Kate Meyer, welcome to Yowie Central. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It's great to be on. Oh, it's such an honour to have you on my show. You produce and present Believe, uh, a podcast which covers paranormal events, UFO encounters, Yowie sightings. So interesting. And it's, for, in my opinion, at the top of the list production-wise and content-wise, it's an excellent podcast. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing the show? Well, I've been doing I've been doing Believe for about two years, but I've been doing podcasting for about five or six years. So I got this unfair advantage probably on the production side of things to <laughs> just bump it up that little bit extra. <laughs> and you've also got uh, you're a graphic designer, aren't you? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they, your they, website looks incredibly <laughs> schmicko, very slick. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm green with envy about it. I might have to talk to you about it, yeah, <laughs> about <absolutely>. mine. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a big help because um, I've, I've done that my entire life. It's an embarrassing long amount of time, probably getting close to 20 years now. I kind of I have all these little creative aspects that, that might kind of just give me that little bit of a, a leg up when it comes to getting that, that type of next level production level out there. Yeah, you certainly do that. What uh, what sparked your interest in the unexplained? Oh, this is a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it would probably be a collection of things. I, I remember I was always a really, really big fan of the, the unknown when I was younger. And I'd like to think that all started when my father told me that he saw the Flying Dutchman, which is this uh, mm. kind of famous ghost ship. And uh, it's it's kind of a sign of impending doom. Uh, he got away, so that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> an excellent since, thing. <laughs> yeah. So ever since he um, he told me about that, I kind of just had this fascination, and it was kind of like you go down the rabbit hole when you're a kid. You know, you get so sucked into absolutely everything, you kind of become obsessed. And I remember I was grabbing every book I could on like the Bermuda Triangle, on UFOs, on on Bigfoot, on Yowies, on everything like that. And uh, I was at that right age as well when I was probably old enough to, but maybe not old enough now that I think of it, to be watching the (laughs) X-Files. And uh, that just kind of sparked that natural interest with all the, the unknown again. I, very similar story. Um, well, not that my father saw the Flying Dutchman, but um, certainly would always check, borrow the books about the Bermuda Triangle and Bigfoot and ghosts and whatever I could get my hands on when I was a kid. <laughs> very similar. <laughs> and still, still, I've just still got the fascination going and you do oh, too. I- Absolutely, I'm such a sucker. Whenever I jump onto onto Amazon, I just like, okay, what have they what they've got for UFO books? What have they got for Yowie books? And I spend a disgusting amount of money on these these things that I probably look at once or twice and they just kind of sit in the bookshelf over there. <laughs> so so when Believe just started, did you start doing the UFO, paranormal and Yowies all together or did you start with one particular area? When I first started Believe, I was actually looking to do it as kind of a, a call in line where people can call in, share their encounters almost on a, an anonymous level. And that that didn't get any traction. I think the the first month I did the podcast, I had 70 listeners, which was not great for, for what I was looking to, to really get out of it. And it didn't really, I didn't expect the Believe show to, to go the way that it did, because I, like I said, I always pictured it being a call-in show where I can kind of comment on people's encounters and things like that. And I I toiled so, so hard to to get people to call up. But I was I was completely unknown. There, I had no credibility. There was um no reason for anyone to trust me with their stories. So after I think it would have been about six weeks. So I released the first episode and it would have been about six weeks later. I was like, I need to do something because no one's calling in. What I did was I decided to off a whim just start interviewing people. And I found that the the connection with the person was so much better and the connection with the audience was incredible. And it's it's kind of just exploded from from that that one change of the show. And you've got quite a, a community, a believe community happening, don't you? Yeah, I think that's the the best part of the of doing this podcast because the the whole reason I, I do that podcast the way I do it now is to talk to people who have had these encounters to share their story with someone else who may have had it and kind of let them know they're not alone in what they're experiencing. Because as you know, when it comes to to the world of the paranormal, Yowies, UFOs, it's, um, it's a very fringe topic and people either believe or they think, Hey, you might be a little bit crazy. And we, we know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's, there's too many people that are experiencing these things. And for, for every person to be, say lying or making it up i'll tell you what i'm i'm in a huge conspiracy then because the people who have come on my show your show and plenty of our friends shows there it's undisputable evidence in my opinion that you know these things are genuinely happening yeah absolutely and i find 
the vast majority of people I talk to are, are, are significantly traumatized, yeah. uh, and and really, you know, are reaching out to share their story partly for, for research and to add to our body of research, but a lot of the time it's just they, they can't talk to any, the, anyone in the general public about this that subject. They, they get ridiculed and laughed at and told, you know, you're being an idiot. So I, I find when I do interview people that they're they're so keen to to talk you often be you often end up on the phone for you know an hour and a half or something because they're they're just desperate to talk to someone about it yeah absolutely it's I usually find it's almost like a sense of therapy for some people because yeah. you can you can hear a change in the person just as you're you're talking to them and you know I may only talk to these people for an hour an hour and a half but they at the start of the conversation to the end it's like you're talking to a completely different person. You can hear like there's a, a weight's been lifted off their shoulders. And the the sad thing is a lot of these people, there's there's been people who have genuinely come on my show and kept their stories a secret for over 50 years. Mm, yep. <laughs> you know, half a century to keep something to yourself is, I, I couldn't even imagine the, the, the pressure of that and the, the stigma that that person must have felt having experienced something, never being able to share it. So I think it's really fantastic that there's platforms like ours out there that that do that. And to to touch on, that's what that whole uh, community is about, is that basically everyone in there is there to support each other because they've, they either believe it or they've encountered something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you, um, you've seen a Yowie yourself, haven't you? I think I've seen a Yowie. So... I, I'm really kind of skeptical when it comes to my experiences because I speak to so many people who have had these genuine encounters that that make you just wonder how these people live a normal life after that because they're they're quite profound and genuinely life changing. My one just seems so so plain in in comparison <laughs> because I didn't get a good look at this thing. It was something that was in my peripherals. So basically, the story is I used to. I built this house at the top of a, basically the a, the top of the rainforest and it was on these gigantic stilts are about 13 meters in the air. It overlooked the rainforest. It looked beautiful. And I used to regularly go out onto this, this big deck that I had there to the side in my peripherals. I saw this giant black figure and it, it would have been nine, 10 foot tall. It was, it was way too big to be a person because I actually went over there where this this figure was later on to to see the size because I was like that couldn't have been that big surely when I started to to really get a lot more into this this topic seriously about yaois there was a lot of trademark signs of what was going on around the bushland that I lived in that may have been connecting this to a possible yowie there was those wood knocks I would see lizards kind of just ripped apart underneath the house and I would hear like a, a bipedal thing walking around the house now to to say it was definitely a yaoi is a little bit hard because there's so many bipedal creatures around that area you know there's there's lots of bush turkeys and and things like that but this thing that i saw was absolutely gigantic it was very very silhouetted it's just the way that the the light was falling on it i couldn't see any features to it but it did make me take a double take and by the time i got back to it it was completely gone it, it wasn't there. So it's either I'm seeing things or there was something absolutely gigantic that was to the left of where I, where I was living. <laughs> and do you, do you think, um, do you get more people contacting you about Yowie encounters or about UFO paranormal encounters? It, it, it's, it's funny. It kind of comes in, in batches because I think what happens is people listen to certain episodes and then those people go, you know what? I've encountered something like that. So I, what I try to do is with my episode releases, I try to mix all my encounters through differently because you can absolutely get swamped with people contacting you saying, Hey, I, I encountered a Yowie in that, that same area, but the, the Yowie encounters seem to, to be a little bit more of a popular thing. Um, and I, it's, no, no surprise to say that you know the the guys over at Australian Yowie Research are a huge 
uh, contributed to that because, you know, everyone in Australia just loves a good Yowie story. And I think people love sharing a Yowie story too. <laughs> true, true. That's true. And I'm sure you've got plenty of uh, witness stories that you've heard from people that are just pretty crazy. Do you, have you got any that you you can recount off the top of your head? <laughs> yeah, a really, really good one that, that tends to be a real listener favourite was this lady in the Northern Territory, I believe. It might have been in the Kimberley. She was out doing a morning bike ride just for some fitness with her dogs. And she kept going past this route and her dogs kept kind of getting a little bit stirred up about this one area in particular. So she stopped taking the dogs. And the time she stopped taking the dogs, she saw a bloody yowie there. (laughs) And this yowie chased her. It, It might be one of the most profound Yowie experiences that I've genuinely ever heard because this this Yowie was over the top of her while she was riding her bike and there was other witnesses who who saw the creature as well. Personally, I don't know how it's not the the biggest Yowie story of all time because she she saw the the creature's foot like next to her as she was riding. She saw the hand coming over her shoulder and everything. And oh it was gosh. only because, yeah, and it was only <laughs> because another car was coming that it didn't like snatch her up. I think I've listened to this one. It's ringing about. It's yes. Did she fall off her bike in the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah she fell off her bike. Yeah. She she was just, I would imagine, absolutely exhausted. The adrenaline would have been going all over the place. the The lady who was in the other car said, "Did I just see what I think I saw?" And she kind of like packed her up in the car and and drove her away to get her away from the area. But she could see the fingernails. She could see the hair. She could see, she could feel the breath of this thing on the back of her neck, like literally. Oh, how absolutely terrifying. Absolutely. It's, it's probably the most profound thing I've ever heard when it comes to, to a Yowie encounter. And because you hear of, you hear people who see a Yowie and it's usually fairly harmless, but, this might be the most aggressive Yowie encounter, and she lived to tell the story, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucky, lucky her. I had this. Um, I remember listening to it now, and when she fell off her bike, I, I remember going, "Oh my god! Can you imagine how you'd be feeling if you've got this creature chasing you right behind you, and then you fall off your bike?" And oh, yeah, heart, your heart would stop beating. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't know how these people just don't have a cardiac episode in yeah. some of the, yeah. the experiences that they've had because you know the the yowie in in popular culture is this creature that's not supposed to exist you know it's something that's oh yeah that's a big hairy thing in the in the forest that doesn't actually exist but when you see it it's just a complete game changer yeah 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 and, and i'm surprised there aren't more people just have com- complete breakdowns, you know, uh, especially if if someone who hasn't had, who doesn't know anyone who's seen them, who doesn't s- sort of uh, interact with people who are interested in those things and then just keep it to themselves for 40 years or something. It, it's, yeah, it's quite a terrifying experience. It's something the the Yowie experiences, how they come out of it, it's completely different to to everything else because it's kind of like when someone sees a UFO experience, they can really go down a rabbit hole because that that's almost a little bit more acceptable in, in today's culture that, yeah, I saw a UFO and UFOs are starting to become, uh, you know, they're a real thing in, in the media now. Um, so, you know, it's not like yesteryear, if you saw a UFO, you're crazy or if you, you see a ghost... It, Ghosts are one of those things that everyone seems to believe ghost stories. No one, I've never really had people say, you know, that that was kind of a bullcrap story or, or anything like that because the paranormal, it's just this, it's its own creature. It's, it's as weird as it can be or as, as weird as it wants to be. But when, when people have these Yowie encounters, it's, um, I don't know, there's just, there is a stigma around people who have Yowie encounters and it's, it's hard for people to come out and share those stories, but people who have UFO encounters and stuff like that, they're almost more than happy to go down the rabbit hole of seeing what's next. And that's when you you see some people who kind of go off the edge with, with UFO uh, encounters or UFO experiences, because it, it really is a rabbit hole when you go down certain, certain areas. 
And there's there's a lot more information out there too. Um, and that's part, that's one of the reasons why your show and my show and the work that AYR does is really important because we're getting the message out there to more and more people, uh, destigmatizing it so people can come forward and 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 share their terrifying experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And what I what I really like about Bigfoot encounters, Yowie encounters, is that there almost seems to be some sort of paranormal or UFO connection to them as well. Yep. yep. And I think that's just so fascinating because one, I think it would be the absolute raddest thing that, yeah, Yowies are real because I couldn't think of anything cooler in this world. Um, <laughs> but then to to make a connection that, you know, that they have this paranormal or UFO aspect to them, it just kind of, it just amazes me. It boggles my mind. Or that they're, or that they're hybrids created by aliens. I've I've heard that more and more now, which it sounds bizarre even speaking the words. But that's some of the some of the ideas and some of the hypotheses that people are coming up with, particularly in the yeah. states. Yeah, absolutely. And I what I I love hearing theories about the Yowie, about the Bigfoot, because at this stage, nobody genuinely knows. You, you could have all the research in the world. Like we have all the research in the world and we still don't know. It's, I just think it's so brilliant because that I will always take the time to listen to someone who has a, an opinion on the Yowie or the Bigfoot because it, who knows? They might, they may just have the, the right idea about it. One of the most fascinating people that I've ever spoken to on the podcast. And I've, I was lucky enough to have him on there twice is Ron Moorhead. Oh yes, who, yeah. And he's the the gentleman who um helped capture the the Sierra sounds, which are the most terrifying sounds I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. How he how he stuck around to record them. He has the absolute biggest you know what's in the world to, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Balls of steel. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And um he has some really interesting theories about what the what the Bigfoot could be because he seems to, and I'm absolutely, absolutely going to paraphrase it and, and generalize it to the, the highest extent, but he seems to think that they're almost like a, uh, like a realm hopping creature where they can kind of jump into the quantum realm, um, which is almost like just basically a different dimension. And I think that could be a really interesting idea because there's so many stories that you see these orbs of light or, um, I don't know, just like traces of energy when it comes to, to seeing a Bigfoot. Because one of the questions, and I need to ask this more on, on the show when I'm talking to people, when they see a Yowie, I say, what about the the orbs? And they go, oh, how would you know about that? <laughs> and it's like, it, it's it's a regular thing. Yeah. I, I reckon I reckon out of the, the people that, I reckon a good 80% of the people would see the orbs that I've spoken to. Yeah. They won't talk about it because, I mean, seeing the Yowie was already, crazy enough for them and then they say oh yeah i see these maybe little tiny ufos or orbs going around as well it kind of pushes that to another level strangely enough um there seems to be a correlation not only with uh, bigfoot and yowie reports and orbs and ufos but water creatures are often seen like your water monster Tony Healy's been researching this for a long time. Okay. Yeah, and so he's he's drawn a correlation between when a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot is is seen, a UFO and water creatures are often seen in the same location. Really? Yes. Yes, it's That's absolutely correct. fascinating. It ad- just adds another element of what the hell. <laughs> That's one thing that I, I wish we had more of here in Australia is water creature stories mm. because – there's, there's really is nothing. I interviewed a punt captain, ferry captain at on the Hawkesbury River at Wiseman's Ferry, and he he saw a water creature that looked like Loch Ness monster. Really? Um, yeah. One eight one night. It was a full moon. He's he's. I think it was his last crossing of the of the day, um, transporting people across the river, and uh, he looked out onto the river and silhouetted there was uh, that sort of M, unfinished M shape um, and what looked like a head. Uh, and this, Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've genuinely, I've never heard of like that type of sea creature here in Australia, but 
if if there's going to be any type of cryptid that is is real, I think that's going to be it because it's something that's that's existed before, and I think it could be something that still exists now because you have a little crocodiles that they're essentially uh, a dinosaur. Yeah, and they've survived all the way through. You look at the sharks, essentially the same thing. Why can't a, a creature like that still be around? Maybe in very very limited numbers, but something like that could still be around. I think it's I think it's so so fascinating. Well, there's a reason why we have stories about bunyips. Uh, I, you know, I, I've I have heard that perhaps bunyips are just misidentified yowies who might be swimming, but. Uh, I've also I've spoken and Tony Healy particularly has done a lot of research into the bunyips and creatures like that. Hey, I'm so on the fence about bunyips because I I kind of see them as just a as folklore. Um, but I have someone who listens to the show who is absolutely adamant that their their uncle has seen a bunyip, mm-hmm. and we are working very closely to get them on the show because he swears black and blue that this was right there in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, let me know when you when you, you get him on. I'd love to hear that story. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, the, the bunyip is, it's just this, you hear of so many different variants of this creature that it kind of, for me, it just makes it fall into folklore that this is like the boogeyman, this is something to, to keep your kids in line. Um but if someone's out there that's genuinely seen one of these, it's for me that's game changing. Yeah, yeah. And have you have you heard of um, the Mimi? No. So a Mimi uh, is somebody saw one in a very similar area near Wiseman's Ferry, and uh, it's a long. It was a long stick-like creature, like a meter long, but but the same width from the top to the bottom. It had arms and legs, long arms and legs coming out of that stick body and a, and a head like, what did he say? It was like either the Alien or the Predator movie, one of one of those. Like it had this really nasty head on the top of it. Yeah, um, right. And I've since heard about them. That was the first time I'd heard of that creature, but I've since heard other Aboriginal people mentioned a creature called the Mimi. So... Um, who knows? <laughs> That's really interesting. It makes you makes you wonder if there there is like a an alien connection there, and it's um it's it's something that I'm I'm really hesitant to go out and say yeah aliens are always out there doing this type of thing, but when you hear stories like that, it it matches up so closely to that that stereotypical alien type of shape. You know, very skinny body, long arms, big head on this tiny body. It's um it's it's really thought provoking. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Kate Moyer on Yowie Central on 94.9 Main FM. You've actually seen a couple of UFOs yourself, haven't you? It's getting ridiculous, the amount of UFOs that I'm seeing lately. Oh, and really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this... I don't know what it is. It's maybe because I'm a little bit more conscious about it because I'm doing a podcast essentially based around UFOs, but it always seems to be in the most boring, mundane situations that I'll see something. And majority of the time, it's when I'm out uh, hanging up (laughs) the washing at nighttime. Um, So the kids are in bed and I'm like, all right, sweet. Let's do the washing, hanging it up. And I'll see lights zigzag across the sky at tremendous speeds uh it's it's stuff that makes you go well that can't be a plane that can't be anything kind of normal doing that because it's the the physics of it are just too extreme um it's i don't know i'm just i'm seeing more of them and i i think that's pretty cool because i'm i'm lucky these are just like little lights in the sky that seem to just be passing by um, then they're not the, the terrifying encounters that I usually put on the, on the <laughs> podcast, but, um, I, I'm enjoying it. It just seems to be, uh, weird lights in the sky every now and then. And, um, it could just be, they've always been there, but now I'm just out there looking for them. 
Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, careful. You don't want to attract them to you either. I've, I've heard so many scary stories, uh, some on your podcast, of just absolutely terrifying abduction stories, you know, little grey, blue men. For some for some reason, I find the Yowie, the idea of the Yowie less frightening than the idea of aliens coming to get yeah. me. I'm with you on that 100%. I don't think there is anything more terrifying in this world than an alien showing up to you because the, the I think the the Yowie it's a plausible thing that yeah this could be around. Um the the paranormal side of things I think that's just kind of a given that there's too much energy in the world that it it gets put somewhere and who knows that the paranormal world could be a, a huge store of that. Um, but aliens, uh, they're, they're a completely different ball game to me. If I think if I saw one, I'd probably just drop dead. That, that's it. Game over for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> me too. I heard you say, I was watching, I was actually watching you on Brent Thomas's podcast. Um, and you said something really interesting. You said, we use technology to improve our lives but the bush is the Yowie's technology. That's why they're so good at being there. Do you want to explain how you thought of that? I thought that was a, an absolutely interesting thing to say. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I've thought about the the longest time because when it comes to having an idea about, you know, say the paranormal Yowie's UFOs, every time I think I've got it right, someone will come on the show and completely change my my mind i think yeah this is definitely what a yaoi is and then someone says yeah stepped into a portal and disappeared and it's like well great now i don't know anything again but when it comes to to that i essentially what I, what i was saying there was um humans we we've kind of reached our evolutionary i guess track the the end of that track and we we're using technology to advance ourselves so we have bionic arms, eyes, things like that to, to make our lives easier and so on. With the Yowie, let's say it's been here for a million years. Let's, like, let's, let's go a little bit extreme. Let's say the Yowie's been here for a million years and it's, it's at its point as well. So it's, it hasn't got the same technology that we do. But what it does have is its its surroundings. So, you know, it, it may just know how to – one example is it may just know how to turn its body at, at a certain angle. Maybe it's it's evolved to a point where they know, hey, if I'm, if I'm standing at this angle, I blend in perfectly with the bush or something like that. I've seen some really, really incredible videos of um, Sasquatches where someone's filming a forest scene – and then this forest just comes to life. We hear so many stories of Yowies and Bigfoot where they activate what they, the easiest way for me to say it is this predator mode. People say they see the Yowie and then it just disappears, but they can hear it running around. I don't know if, if, if what they're doing is kind of like what, what say chameleons do, what octopus do, where maybe they can change their, their, their hair, their body color, um, or if they just know how to how to use light, how to use their surroundings in such a way that they could genuinely just be standing right there, but we can't see them because we we just haven't adapted our our senses maybe the same way that they have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of Dean's um, latest thoughts is they well he's realised that they uh in order to hide from you they might be standing behind a tree that's not quite big enough to hide them to cover them and they might put out an arm or a leg or a limb in some kind of direction to be more convincing tr- like a tree and and it sounds silly like oh look I'm pretending to be a tree but they 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 disappear they move through the bush so easily and we can't see them most of the time so they're experts. Exactly. And you just have to look at someone in a ghillie suit to, to see how easily you can be hidden in, in, in the right circumstance. So 
I don't I don't think it's too crazy of a thought to go, yeah, these Yowies can can kind of blend in anywhere that they want because you know they can move in ways that we can't even fathom. You you hear how extremely quick these creatures are. Um and you can you can only imagine the type of stuff that they would get up to. That us human bodies can't can't even attempt to to do like climb up a tree in two seconds. Mm. You know, I hear stories of Yowie's doing this. They they'll climb up a tree and then they're gone. Oh, it's like that like, had- like that Junjadu footage that you had on your show a few weeks ago. I from that was from was it far north Queensland somewhere? Or Northern Territory. Northern Territory. Northern yeah. Territory. Uh, so I'd I'd looked at that. Someone showed me that footage a couple of months ago and I slowed it down and watched it over and over and over again and for me, it was it was convincing. I know if you look at it quickly, it's just blurry and it's very hard to see anything. But if you slow it down and look at it frame by frame, the it's it so clearly showed something on two legs sprint like accelerate so incredibly fast, jump onto a tree, straddle the tree, and then in a in a in a flash jump up onto the next tree out of frame. Like, and it was clearly something with with the ability to grasp, a, to jump and grasp a tree with legs and hands and jump that was, was the size of a, a child. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I, it was so fast though. Yeah. And it, the, the physical feats that these creatures have are simply amazing. And for, for us to, to find one will be impo- not, not impossible, but incredibly difficult. You know, you, you have uh, people like Dean Harrison out there who have all this amazing gear and the, he's, they're getting these really, really great captures. But I tell you what, they have to work bloody hard to get that. They sure do. They sure do. He, he, um, because I don't live up there with the rest of them. Uh, I'm down here in Victoria uh, and not up in, in, on the Gold Coast. Um, he, he texts me and sends me photos when they're out on expedition just to make sure I don't feel left out. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but they do. They do find, I mean, he's just gotten a fantastic picture using the, the fleur uh, of uh, two eyes, two eyes that were, and he's convinced there was a creature there. Um, but even like the amount of hard work, the hours and hours that they put in just to get a, a single flur shot of in the dark of, yeah. of what he knows, because he was there, what he knows is, was a yowie. But it's just, it, I'm, I don't know whether we'll ever, ever get definitive proof. I, I almost don't want us to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Same. It, it genuine. I think it'll genuinely kill the romance of the idea of what the Yowie is. <laughs> but I also don't think I really wouldn't like every man and his dog out there hunting for them, searching for them, harassing them, shooting at them. You know, I, I there's part of me. The more that I, the more that I learn, and the the, the longer I research this subject, the more compassion I have for them, and and. Human beings are assholes a lot of the time. I, I, you know, we go out and hunt things, kill things, destroy things. I, I, yeah, not sure. I'm not sure if it would be for the best thing for the Yowie if if we caught one or if we had better proof. And I don't think it'd be great for our economy either because if you if you think of how many housing estates are essentially on the side of a bush uh, of bushland. What happens to the property prices when they find out, hey, there's a big hairy man out there yeah. who can snatch you up? What uh, happens then? Yeah, exactly. I actually, I had a, a, a person report a sighting to AYR and I contacted them to arrange an interview and she was keen and then all of a sudden sent me an email saying, I don't want to, I don't want to do an interview. I'd rather you not use uh, the, my my encounter, my sighting. It was a roadside in, uh, sighting because I don't want to damage the property prices of this area. That was exactly what she said, and yep. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll respect your your wishes." But but she was really concerned about it. Yeah, it's it's something that got brought to my attention a little while ago because I never thought of it that way. Because I always thought, you know, it'd be so great to to yeah. have. 
and I say bunny ears disclosure about the Yowie, about the Bigfoot, but yeah, it, it completely changes the, that I guess the, the world's aspect view of no one would ever go into a national park again. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be businesses that just crumble because of that. The, the real estate prices would crumble because no one wants to live in Yowie territory. Mm. And what happens there's schools, there's, there's, livelihoods that would just kind of get turned upside down because it would just be kind of chaos from it. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to get insurance for, you know, logging companies or anyone who was out working in the bush. You wouldn't be able to get insurance because, you know, all the premiums would be prohibitive because it's so dangerous out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. And then that, then that even like becomes a, and then this is kind of like crazy thinking if you think of it, because, you know, we're talking about Yowies, but then, you know, is there a Yowie insurance? Is there a Yowie tax yeah. that goes onto, onto <laughs> things like that? Because where I live, I live in Cairns and there's tropical cyclones all the time up this way. So, you know, there, there is these funny kind of clauses when it comes to different types of insurances that, you know, you would think having a cyclone insurance would cover flooding insurance, but it doesn't. <laughs> You'd think so. You would think so, right? <laughs> uh, but then you have all those types of things as well, because like, what if your property started to get damaged by Yowies? How do you claim on that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big, big um, you know, thwacks on the side of your house or your car that you have to go to a panel beater then. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know these are really kind of out there thoughts, but that's the reality of, you know, if, if Yowies started to come out here, it does affect everything. Yeah. If, if, if it was genuine disclosure, it, it changes the world in a big way. Oh, and you'd have so many people, you'd have so many idiots out there with guns, yeah. you know, sh- accidentally shooting each other um, in the hunt for a Bigfoot, you know. it's Yeah. Yeah. So probably best, even though we love talking about this subject, it's probably best that it stays mysterious. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it just adds to the, the excitement of the, I guess, of the, of the narrative of the Yowie. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It certainly does. Let me see if I've got any more questions for you. Is there anything you wanted to talk about? Anything about your show you wanted to um, slip in there? Oh, of course. I'm always down for uh, for plugging my show. Yep. That's one thing I'm never never plug- shy of doing. <laughs> plug away, plug away. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, uh, the Believe Podcast, it's a podcast uh, based out of Australia where I talk to, to mostly Australians who have had um, encounters with the weird, the unknown, be that yowies, UFOs, uh, or the paranormal. Or I like to think, you know, a cross of everything kind of in between. And uh, it's completely free to listen to. Um, basically, every podcast player that's out there now, there seems to be a million of them. So if you just search the uh, Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast, you'll find that. Or you can just go to the website, that's believepod.com, and uh, you'll find all the episodes on there as well. Lovely. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, a little bit envious about your merch page <laughs> that you've just brought out. How did you do that? <laughs> oh, it's it's. Uh, I use a lot of third party platforms to to take care of the stock because then I don't have to hold it here because my wife would kill me if I started putting <laughs> yeah shirts in the back there. So <laughs> I have to. I use companies that make it and then send it away. But there's going to be a massive uh, kind of merch drop coming in the next, I would say, month because I'm I'm using a new supplier and I'm going to get all these uh, new hats and shirts and everything in between. It's going to be really, really cool. I'm I'm excited. My whole wardrobe's going to be decked out in belief here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like mine. I've got I've got so many hats with Yowie Central on them, but I haven't I haven't. Um, I haven't done a, a proper line of merch because I, I wasn't sh- quite sure how to structure that, but I might pick your brain later and, um, <laughs> yeah, and see, see if I can set up some, some, some cool merch as well. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right, Cade. Well, I, thank you so much for, for joining us on, on Yowie Central. It's been an absolute treat talking to you. No, the uh, the pleasure's been all mine, and uh, you do a great show, and it's um it's it's an absolute pleasure to be on here, Sarah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Maybe you can come up, come on again sometime in the future. Anytime, anytime <laughs> you'll have me, I'll jump on. Awesome. <laughs> Kate Moyer of Believe Podcast. Don't forget, if you've had an encounter with a Yowie or you've seen a ghost or you've had a scary UFO experience or any other weird stuff, 
Get in touch with me via yaoicentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Next up, a chat with researcher Yowie Dan about his latest cool gear. Check it out. So tell me about all this amazing uh, gear that you've invested in. So you've got a, a parabolic microphone dish. And you mentioned to me that you got that from the United States. Couldn't you get that in Australia? No, there's nowhere in Australia that that does anything like that. When I first started researching and I met up with a, um, another researcher and he had like a little parabolic, it was it cost him like $15. And right. it, 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 but saying that, it worked quite well. The dish was only rent, wasn't that big. And, yeah, you know, after a few researchers started buying them, they started going on eBay for $100 and people were still buying them. And we got ours for $15 and they're supposed to be for birds and something. But they actually work really well if you're just in your nice little area and something 100 metres away, you can hear it. You can hear crickets and frogs going off in the distance and you take the headphones off, you can't hear them with your own ears. So they do work really well. Within the last two years, my since I've had my big parabolic, parabolic, sorry, but before that, all my recordings were taken from the parabolic dish, or if I left the sound recorder out, and they work really well. I've got a lot of great recordings with it, so I wanted to get something a bit more powerful and that would record all these sounds like much clearly. So I looked around, and there was. One from Sweden and then this one from America. And they're basically about the same price. You're looking up to about $2,000. The one from America was just so simple to use. I bought it and then COVID turned up and then it took like five weeks to get here. So, <laughs> and, and then it took about the same amount of time to get it from customers. That wasn't easy. Oh, really? Anyway, yeah, they just, oh, they were hopeless. I had to pay like $300 on GST on top of it to get it from customers. And then they lost it, and then they found it, and then they lost it. it was oh, just, that's no. another story. <laughs> that's another story. And you're anyway, just going, just give me my dish. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it really wasn't too bad because I couldn't go anywhere. They closed all the parks because of COVID. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So it was yeah. just like, I just want to get it and test it at home. So finally came. The dish is actually 55 centimetres, and it's actually a really big dish, and it actually bends. Like, you can bend it around and make, like, such a roll. But it's, it's really good. It's flexible. That doesn't break. And that's anyway, really so useful. It, that's really useful if you're out in the in the bush in the middle of nowhere, you know, not wanting to carry too much heavy stuff or awkward stuff. That's perfect because you can just roll it up and stick it in your backpack. Yeah, yeah. Well, it bends to a certain degree. It's still pretty pretty hard, but you can put it in your backpack and it kind of you can put everything inside it. Then inside the backpack, that's what I do. Or I get like a just like a big bag and I put it in the bag and then I tie it around the outside of my bag and curves around the outside so it doesn't catch any twigs or trees while I'm hiking along the trail. Anyway, it finally came and so I tested it and I've recently bought a, another sound recorder, a Zoom H5, and it's got an XLR plug on the back, which it's, it's, it makes the sound recording a much clearer to record it. Before, I just had like a Sony note taker, like a $100 note taker. The Zoom H5 is about a $400 down equipment, and it's mainly for musicians, but it's really good for researching. Sometimes you buy some gear, it's actually, you know, just because they say a lot of musicians use it to record their, their, their sounds that they make with their guitar doesn't mean you can't use it for researching, and I actually bought it because 
a couple of researchers already had it and they, and they got some really good you know recordings with it. So that's why I bought it, and it can plug into the uh, the back of my parabolic dish. So whatever the, the dish is, it gets recorded digitally on on that. Plus, I can plug my headphones into the sound recorder and listen to it at the same time. And it's really light. It's not heavy. You put it in your bag, you don't even notice it. The, the things that make your bag heavy is like got your tent and your water, because most places you hike, you've got to take four or five litres of water, a couple of litres to get it walk in, maybe a litre or something while you're there at your campsite, and then another litre or two to walk out, because everywhere we go, it's not flat. Everywhere you've got to go up and down, up and down, and it takes you a couple of hours to get to your, mm-hmm. to your sites you want to hike and, and camp to do research. And then I've just recently bought a... Um, a, a monocular, a thermal monocular called Guide IR, and you can record a person at fourteen hundred meters away, wow. but you can see him pretty clear at seven hundred meters away, what? and you can see a car at three thousand meters away. You can know it's a car. You know, it's not crystal clear, but you can you can realize that that's a car moving. So by the shape, it's a, it's a recognizable shape. And, and that's, can, that's infrared, is it? No, no, no. It's a passive. It doesn't send out like an infrared so anything can see it. It's passive IR. So it just picks up the heat. If you're there in the bush and a yowie's coming by and you've got that on, they won't know you're there and you'll be able to see them. And it's 16 gig memory where you can record straight onto the thermal or take photos and then upload it to your computer later or you can Wi-Fi it which is what I usually do because you can see better because when you look in the monocular and they just take it off after a couple of minutes, you're kind of blinded because it's bright and then you're in the dark and you can't see. It's like someone shining a flashlight in your eye for about a minute or two and then you can't see. Basically, a Wi-Fi to my phone or an iPad and you can record live on your phone or your iPad and watch it. I'm going to get my phone and kind of make like a little something so it stays on my tripod and I've got a bar and I have the thermal onto the bar and my parabolic dish and I just twist it around left or right when I'm, you know, we're in a certain spot and we're just going to be quiet for a while so we can hear what's going on and try to see it and I'll just have the phone there and I can just watch what's on that thermal without even looking into the light and uh-huh. getting blinded. And so what kind of things have you, what have you managed to record with, with this new equipment or you haven't been able to get out there much yet? Uh, well, with the sound recorder, um, I, I did send you a recording as a as a wood knock. I got that pretty much the first time I used that parabolic dish, and we're down to Bungonia National Park, and we're at one of the lookouts. Anyway, you look down there, the, the gorge is really steep. There's no one going down there. So I just put on a tripod, had the earphones on, and I'm listening. Within 10 seconds, whack, and you can hear the wood knock reverberate through the valley for about a quick two or three seconds. Yeah, it was and loud. I, it was loud. Yeah. yeah. And then I took the earphones off and I'm going, did anyone hear that? And everyone's like, what? 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 <laughs> they didn't hear it. Yeah, so it was pretty far away, but the parabolic picked it up. This parabolic, I've heard people talking and understood what they could say 500 metres away. Yeah, right. So it's pretty powerful. So yeah. that, that's what I've picked up there. And I've picked up a couple of other things. I've got a YouTube channel called Australian Yowie. And the last, about two or three videos back, there's one called Maramara National Park, which I've been to a few times. It's really active, that area. And I actually heard something throw rocks in the water. I know fish are in that water because it's a total creek that runs up through. Um, it's called Maramara Creek, and it runs off into the Hawkesbury. So it's salt water coming in. And I've heard fish flicker through there. They're not big fish. That these things you could hear, you know, when a rock goes in the water, it makes that boom noise, and yeah. that you hear water. They're the noises that we were hearing, and they were big noises. And because of COVID, come the people booked the campsite, but they didn't. They didn't camp there. They decided not to go. So we booked another campsite about two kilometres away and walked in the darkness, two kilometres to that area. And then the high tide was in, so there's a little creek there. So we put the tripod up and stood there and. We just recorded with that sound recorder there. So we actually recorded something walking through the creek, and you can hear the droplets of water falling off it as it's getting to the other side. There's right. nothing physically walk through that water of the creek. But sounding then, sounding more bipedal or, or? Yeah, 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 bipedal for sure. Um, we've heard that before. And then 
at the same time, I've said, oh, there's red eye shine looking at me. And that's the first time I've ever seen red eye shine. And you hear me say, that's the first time I've ever seen I heard that. And then within about 20, 30 seconds, you hear it. Come over to the other side of the creek. We didn't put no lights on. I didn't have the thermal at this stage. I wish I did. It just started, you can hear like it's ripping up grass out of the ground. And I know, I know there's small wallabies and that in the area, but they're pretty quiet when they chew the grass. They don't rip it out of the ground like with both hands rip, rip. And you can hear bits of the dirt and the bits of the leaves and that hit the water of this little creek that's probably about, at that area, about five or six metres wide. And then after that, you hear it charging over to the main creek and then it throws a big rock in the water. And that was after I, seen, I said I've seen red eye shine. So that's some of the things I've picked up with that sound recorder there. And, but the thermal, I've only just started using it. I've done, used it twice and just hasn't been anything in the area. At the moment, it's like I'm going out trying to research. Like my old areas where I had some good recordings, they're all burnt out because of the bushfires. So they've gone to other places. Now we've got to find out where they've gone. Yeah. But that's the hardest thing at the moment is finding where they are and then just not trying to intrude too much. Just go in, spend a few hours there, get a few good recordings and then go. Yeah. And then hopefully we can keep going back to them places until, you know, the time comes when all the bush comes back and it's regrown and they've gone back to their old haunts where you know they're there and you've got some really good recording. Do you think they'll go back or, or, or will the bushfires have changed forever their, their, yeah. their, pattern, their nomadic patterns? Yeah, yeah. It, it might disturb them for maybe a few years. But, like, you look at the Aussie bush just recently – we had fires before the last, between 2019 and 2020, we had fires at Heathcote and around that area, which is just south of Sydney. And I remember working near there and it just looked like, you know, it was just devastating. It was just black as far as you could see. And I drove through there probably about a year later and then other than a few trees that were burnt, you didn't notice a fire went through there. Yeah, It just it grew back that quick. And a lot of Australian plants, the native ones, need the fire to regrow. When the fire does burn and it burns a lot of the old ones and they fall over, well, then the young ones shoot up real quick. So it gets really bushy. Like I said, are they going to come back there? Well, they live the same life like the Aborigines. And the Aborigines, they'll burn the area before they leave. So when they come back in six months' time, it's all new growth there and there's animals there so they can you know, keep living there. So the, I think the Yowies are the same kind of, you know, they do the same thing. If it gets burnt by a bushfire, they'll go. They, they'll know if this place is burnt, they might have a backup area where they go. And if that's burnt, they'll just keep going. They, they live in that environment. They, they've been there for tens of thousands of years. They know where to go when it's burning and what to do and how to live and what to survive on. They might like certain types of foods, but when other things are burnt, they know what to fall back on. One thing that we try to keep learning about, like how do they, do they survive in these when these things happen. And that was Yowie Dan. And that is all we've got time for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back next week, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. My guest next week is Brent Thomas, creator, presenter and producer of Paranormal Portal in the United States. You don't want to miss that. He is absolutely fascinating. I'll catch you next week. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
rich, you pretty young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.